Thank you, musicians. If you can turn your Bibles to the book of Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs chapter 15. Amen. Let's turn to the Word of God this morning. Amen. I've used this illustration before, but for those that haven't heard it, the church of Google believe the search engine Google is actually the closest mankind has ever come directly experiencing an actual God typically defined in their prayer, and it goes like this. Our Google, which art on servers. Hallowed be thy page. Thy domain come, thy search be done. On Chrome as it is in the cloud, give us this day our daily locals, and, give us, and forgive our trolling, <laughs> as we forgive those who troll against us. And lead us not into spam, but deliver us from malware. Amen. <laughs> you know, the missing link between church online and church in person is face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball accountability. This comes in relationship that we have, that you and I, life is about relationships, that we get in contact with people, we begin to develop a love for somebody. Uh, that here we call friends and uh, maybe perhaps lovers. But then what you believe, they believe, there is something that comes in between that uh, you in yourself want to please this person and uh, you now are concerned about what they're concerned about, what bothers them, what uh, 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 triggers them. These things become aware to you. And as you want to develop this relationship together, how many know that you begin to change? This is a parallel to our relationship with God, that we come into the kingdom of God, right, without relationship with God, without accountability, without knowing who God is. Many of us believe in God, right, that when we came in, but we don't have a relationship with Him. But the moment we start a relationship, something powerful happens. One of the most powerful motivators for change is accountability, Right When we are made responsible for our actions, to be in line with our beliefs, then we can, uh, we can prevent the potential future landslides, shipwrecks, and blown gearboxes <laughs> and headaches. Amen. I want to preach on about ca- accountability this morning out of our text this morning and believing God to help you in your relationships, your relationship with God and with each other. Let's read out Proverbs chapter 15, uh, starting in verse 22. One simple portion of scripture. New Living Translation says, Plans go wrong for the lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. Amen. Just plant that in your mind for a moment as we consider uh, accountability. Three things this morning. Let's consider first off the downfall of isolation. You know, we all together this morning want to avoid the pitholes of life, right? There is no one that wants to willingly fall into a ditch and make life hard for themselves, right? If that's you, then we need, you need prayer. You're, you're a weird specimen. But no one in reality wants to fall into pitholes or make life hard for themselves. And here's Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, points to the catalyst for things going wrong in life. And he says that is the lack of accountability. 
the lack of advice in situations, right? This definition of this word means is that it's obligation or willingly or willingness to accept responsibility or to account for one's actions, right? When someone is not accountable, they undermine their ability, their stability and credibility, right? You think here, the kingdom of Israel, that here, they were here, uh, uh, God's people, God's, their, their God, he wants to express to the world uh, through these people as a mirror of his love and kindness and power. But yet here, at a time where they had no kings, right, uh, they, they wanted a king. And here uh, we know that King David there was uh, the second king that rose in power. He had a son, which was Solomon. And Solomon wrote our text here, but... When Solomon passed away, he left the kingdom to his sons. We know that Rehoboam there, he took, uh, rather taken the advice from his father's advisors, he took advice from the wrong people. In 1 Kings 12, 18, but Rehoboam rejected the advice of the elder men and instead asked the opinion of all the boys. <laughs> the young men who had grown up with him and were now his advisors. You know, the reality is that, that there is much advice that people want to give out there. The wise thing to do is take advice from those up the chain rather than down the chain. The truth is, worse crashes often happen when people fly solo. When they get the wrong advice from certain people. Now, you're going to think about this. This is the reason why pilots have co-pilots. Right In the case of the likelihood of human error, which we are all prone to. Right? This is the downfall of isolation. Right? Because when you're alone, you don't have someone else to lift you up or to encourage you. Right? When you're alone, you're left to your own thoughts. You're, you're by yourself. You have no interjection from anyone else uh, that are around you because you're simply alone, lost in the dark. Ecclesiastes 4.10. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. For he has no one to help him up. This is just uh, logical, right? That people by themselves, they are cut off uh, from help or any sort of encouragement that many times that we need. Just a word in season from a brother, from a sister, from your spouse that can lift your spirits, that actually help you get along and go on for another day. We all need that. That is all centered around relationship. But the pitfall and the downfall of isolation is that you cut that off from yourself. See, God has centered creation to revolve around relationships uh, which brings accountability. Right from the garden of of God here, that God created Adam and Eve, put him in the garden, right? He there, he's there, he's observing here creation. But he said, hey, go, go into this garden. I want you to till, take care of this garden and begin to uh, uh, take care of it and understand it. He gave him dominion, the Bible speaks about. To hear God from the very beginning put Adam and Eve in the garden and he observed his own creation. And you know what the conclusion that he came, came to when he created Adam? He came to the conclusion when he created Adam before Eve was, was created, he said, it is not good for man to be alone. 
Genesis 2.18, the Lord said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Listen, when you are alone, you make yourself vulnerable, right, to the outward elements and the demonic forces that seek to rip you off of your marriage, of your children, of your finances. You make yourself vulnerable to all these things. When you isolate yourself and when you, you, know, you, you put people at arm's length and you don't allow people to come into your inner circle to understand your issues and problems in order for them to help you and pray for you, you, you cut all the help off when you isolate yourself. You make yourself vulnerable to the devil to speak to you. Right? Eve was alone when the snake came and spoke to, to her. You know, there's a study that their loneliness... And actual social isolation is linked to serious health conditions. Right, this is a study, scientists come up with this. And it's their poor social relationships are characterized, again, social isolation and loneliness was associated with 29% increased risk of heart disease and 32% risk of a stroke for older people. Right? The fact here is that loneliness was associated with higher rates of depression, of anxiety and eventually suicide, right? Because when you isolate yourself, you have no one else to speak faith into your life. I mean, when you're left to yourself, you always pick out the bad and negative things in life. We don't think about how blessed we are to be able to see and be able to hear, walk, speak, and to be in a great country that we can smell the air, taste the air. That's if you're in Blue Mountains anyway. I don't know about Cabramatta, you smell garbage in John Street, but anyway. That's where you need the mask. You need that. But we, 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 we tend not to see all the blessing, but we look at the, the things that we don't have. We look at the things that, you know, bring us down. And so we're like, you know what, oh, you know, that's why I don't want to face people. I don't want people to ask me how I'm going, because in reality, in my mind, I'm not doing good. And I don't want to talk about it. And so I, I take a step back and I'd rather not go to church and have people care for me. Because that's what they're doing. They don't want to probe you. They don't want to get into your business, really. They just want to care and love people. And the only way to do that is actually know and make it personal. Right? And this is why we have a, our church that we, we get around people and we begin to ask, how are you? What's, what, what are you battling with? How can I help? Right? We're not being nosy. We just want to help. But although... We've got to have to be sensitive towards those that are very broken, fragile, right? Some people come in with their fragile stickers all over them, right? Don't touch, very fragile, be careful. I just want to be here. I just, I just need to hear the word of God and God can begin to, right, take off the tape one at a time, right? And when I'm ready, then I'm going to open up, right? So we need to be sensitive about that, right? Because there's real hurt, real pain, and real issues that people have experienced in life. And if we're not careful, then they will take the back foot and they run. And they'll go into further isolation rather towards God and bring healing in their lives. It is clear in our text that isolation is not God's plan. Proverbs 18.1 A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. You know the fact here is that weird things grow in the dark. You ever seen the deep sea creatures? I always like that, like that fang-looking guy with that, that, you know, that, that, that antenna with that light, you know? 
I thought that was only in like, like um, cartoons, but it's actually real. Not that I watch cartoons. Right? But there is deep, you know, the deeper you go, the weirder they, they become. Right? The more isolated and the more in the dark they are, the weirder they are. And this is the reality that can come through us as Christians. You know, isolated Christians, they, they get, begin to be, get, get funky. Get funky in their thoughts. They begin to think they're one of the two witnesses in Revelations. Right? They begin to think that they're, <laughs> they're King David back in the flesh. Walking around in their armor. See, but this is why a lot of people struggle. They don't have uh, people advising them. They don't have people, you know, encouraging them, helping them. Hey, hey, that's a bit whack, bro. I don't think that's according to the Word of God. See, the challenge here this morning is that you seek advice. That you seek counsel and guidance. And you must remember that one day, you and I are going to have to stand before God and be accountable for, to God. Right? For everything we've said, everything we've taught, everything we've done. We, you and I, personally have to stand before God and give an account for our lives. Hebrews 4.13 And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him who we must give an account. Can I ask you, what are you going to say about your marriage? What are you going to say for your children? Right? Because dad, listen, you are held accountable for your wife. You are held accountable for your children. Adam, where are you? Even Eve ate the apple. God went looking for Adam. Right? Because where were you when the snake was talking to your missus? You should have been around. You ought to have been protecting and helping your wife. I'm holding you to an account for your wife and for your children. Romans 14, 12. So then... Each one of us will give an account of himself to God. Listen, uh, uh, wifey, you're not off the hook, right? You, you have to give an account to God on how you treat your husband, right? Whether you speak down to him or whether you're speaking to others about him. Listen, don't speak to your, your mum about your husband, right? Because you can get over it, but your mum won't, Right? Listen, that, that's, that you're undermining your relationship with your, your spouse and his relationship with your parents. <laughs> Don't speak to your friends about how oh, he never comes home, he's always playing on the games. Always yeah, he might be doing that, but that's, that's not going to help the situation. That's going to push him further and further down like he's going to feel worthless. And that's what tends to happen if the guys get pushed down, spoken down to, and long enough, he's just going to say, hey... Here it is. You can have them. You can have them. I don't know. They belong to you now. <laughs> and he will be happy for you to lead. Right? Wear the pants. Grow a beard. Take charge because I'm the woman. And let your husband wear a skirt. No, I'm not talking about you, Otto, you, you islanders, you, your cultural thing. That's, that's fine, yeah. I don't know, it's just... Hey, Vids do it too. All right, Vids got dresses as well. But we got pants underneath, hey. 
，汪飞鸿手入边 kick。But there is something in the wife that she speaks that brings and creates the man to be the superman. I can be a joker all his life, depending on how you speak to the man and how you treat the man. Amen. So let's quickly move on with the dynamics of accountability. So, Pastor, how does this look like? What does this look like? See, the kingdom of God is a rank. It is an army. We know here that Jesus Christ is our commanding officer. We, you and I, are his soldiers. There is a military swang to this, right? It speaks about submission, right? This is how accountability works in the kingdom of God and towards marriage. You can liken your husband to be the president of the corporation called the family. The wife is the vice president. And the children are the slaves. Just <laughs> joking. Yes, they are. But like how children have to answer to their parents, right? In most cases, they ought to and they should. This dynamic of accountability is there towards those who want to hear or willingly submit to authority or fight against it. This is a dynamic that appears within the marriage, within society, right? That's why you have gangsters and, and a drug, does that rebel towards authority? I don't care about what the authority says. I'm going to do what I need to do. And you'll find that in the kingdom of God. People appear to be accountable until they disagree. But it's not until they disagree where submission comes in. Right? It's only towards that point that they begin to submit. Because, you know, we, you know uh, the, the advice in, in theory is good. We, we like the advice. We ask for advice. I mean, people ask for advice. Yeah, I'm giving them advice. They like the theory part of it, but they don't like the practical part of it. Give them advice, go off and do this, but they're like, nah. I like what I'm coming to you because that's not what I want to hear. Yes, start taking notes, please. All of you. <laughs> because this is you and this is me. How many times have we asked our pastor for advice or even God to answer something? He answers it like, oh, no, no, it's not what I want. <laughs> isn't it? And we run from God, we begin to make our will and call it His will and run off with a license to do what we want. Because God spoke to me. Doesn't matter what my pastor says, doesn't matter what my, 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 my Bible study leader says, doesn't matter what anyone else says in church, even though they're all saying the same thing, God spoke to me. That's a dangerous place to, game, uh, uh, place to be. See, we want advice in theory, but the practicalities of it is something very different. New Living Translation, 1 Thessalonians 5.11, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. See, notice that confidence comes when building each other up and not in the tearing of each other down. When we build each other up, there is a confidence that comes. 
Because life is about relationships. It's about giving advice and receiving advice. Galatians 6 verse 1. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. Considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Right? Let me say right here, you're new in the faith. Uh, listen, there is a period, part of time you need to build yourself up before you go back into your mates uh, and go around the parties and clubs and everything, trying to win them back. Lest you be tempted as well. Verse 2, bear one another's burdens. You know what that means? I'm open for you. Share your, your heart with me. Right? I'm, I'm going to bear this up with you. You're not doing this alone. And so, so fulfill the law of Christ. Verse 3, for if anyone thinks himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will, be, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, for each one shall bear his own load. Say, so, although we have our own responsibility for our own load, God has called us still to bear each other's load. Right? While bearing your own. Does that mean no, we're not, not perfect in this place? We all are going through issues and bearing our own load. Right? But it's so much easier when we Bear it together, right? You ever carried a baby like this? You hang him on the, your hip. You know what I'm saying? What are you trying to do? You're trying to balance this out, isn't it? But you look weird. You say, mums, come around, talk to you like this. You know, they hold the baby, right? They're trying to balance it out. But listen, if you just carry someone else's, right? <laughs> right, if you just balance it out with someone else's, Burden, not that your kids are burdens. Some of you are. But you, you're able to balance this out. It begins to help out your, your, your walk in God. And this is how God's designed it. God's designed it not for you to bear your own, but bear each other's. You begin to counterweight this. Ah, oh, okay, I got this. All right? So now you've got your issue and their issue, right? And you're praying for both. And not knowing what God is doing in the backgrounds and underneath the surface, as you're beginning to minister to your loved one, you're ministering to yourself, isn't it? I've so many times people come and say, Pastor, I don't feel, I don't feel worthy speaking and, and uh, helping someone else because I've got my own issue. You know what I say to them? Do what God's calling you to do because God's going to minister to you while you minister to them. Right? This is the balance. Right? And as, as you, in love, rather than just focus on your own, you're ministering to your loved one, and God is beginning to balance this out. As you do God's work, God takes care of you. Otherwise, if you're just, you know, walking around like this all your life. <laughs> I had a picture of mine. Uh, I went to see um, a comedian. He's like, you know, a single mum is up in, uh, um, in the, in the, in the uh, low socioeconomic areas. They're like they're walking against the wind. They're pushing the pram, like. <laughs> Just something not right. Listen, when you take on your burden, and listen, we all got them. I know you look at me, oh, perfect marriage, perfect ministry, perfect everything. Listen, I've got problems just like you. All right? But I love the fact, and this is why I love the ministry. 
I don't resent the ministry. I don't resent your problems. I actually love them, weirdly, in some weird manner, right? Because it helps me. It helps me to be grounded that I'm in the right place, that I'm actually making some sort of impact and not just worrying about myself and thinking about my issue, thinking about my problem, thinking about my marriage, thinking about my children, thinking about my finances, but when I do what God's called me to do is to love others, and God balances this out. And listen, it becomes bearable. Proverbs 27, verse 17, iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. And this is the picture God gives to us. And this is what accountability does. It brings safety. It brings growth. It brings protection. Right? Like how umbrellas protect us from the rain. Right? The shade under the sun. Right? Accountability will protect you from the elements of life. So several benefits of accountability. Number one, that it inspires confidence in others. When you are in the mainstream and the flow of authority and ministry, this builds confidence. Right? That when, when you know... <laughs> That there is someone watching over your shoulder. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm probably jumping ahead of myself. Listen, when Jesus healed the leper, he commanded the, him to go to the priest. Show yourself to the, pri the priest. Uh, why? It's to fulfill Leviticus 14. All right? There was a law that uh, those that had lep uh, that leprosy, once they got healed, they actually had to go to the priest there and go through a ceremony. Right? Let me read this out for you. Leviticus 14.8. The person brings, uh, being purified must then wash their clothes, shave all their hair, and bathe themselves in water. Then they will be ceremonially clean and may return to the camp. However, they must remain outside their tents for seven days. And on the seventh day, they must again shave all their hair from their heads, including their hair, their beard, their eyebrows, and they must also wash their clothes and bathe themselves in water, and they will be ceremonially clean. <laughs> when I read down, I'm talking eyebrows. <laughs> These guys are going to look real naked. <laughs> but this speaks about a process God has put in place to bring confidence back into the people. And this is what God's put in place. See, there's a warning here. We're going to have to be careful of those who don't follow the process. Those who aren't accountable. See, if you want to inspire accountability in someone, listen, you've got to be accountable yourself. You know why my wife can trust me? Because she knows I'm accountable to my, my, my pastor. Right? I can trust her when she goes out and she's not going to go, you know, and, and do... Because I, I, know, I know she's accountable. She just doesn't make up the rules as she goes. Right? And this is what keeps us in right thinking, in proven godly advice from headship down. Secondly, this increases commitment. And as I mentioned, behavior changes when it's observed. This is the attitude at work. You remember being in work when, you know, you know I used to work in a warehouse, and you know, everyone's there doing their thing, you know, cracking jokes, whatever, and then the boss comes, hey, boss, come in. Why is that? 
right? And the supervisors tell us, yeah, 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 come on, come on. I used to work at Blackwoods with Ray and, uh, and Ross. I was in the warehouse. But every time, you know, um, we, we would have the big boss OH&S come, right? The whole, we would have toolbox meetings, hey, they're, they're going to come today, and so be on your best behavior, and, all right? And just make sure everything's, you know, trip hazards and this and that. And, why? Because they're coming. Why? It's because behavior changes when it's observed, isn't it? There's an increase of commitment. This is true for marriage when it comes to counseling. When both parties are committed and submitted to God, confidence comes in theocracy. That is God as the president. Amen. When God's the president, amen, we, things just work. Right? But when we're not operating like that, there is no set rules. It's like, you know, you're not, you become King Jong-un. Mark McGowan. Jacinta Ardern. I don't know about being married to them, but anyway, let's move on. But the fact is, in Ephesians 5.21, the Bible says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submitting to one another, accountable to one another, in reverence or respect to Christ. So being accountable increases your dedication in completing a goal. Your dedication to one another. Lil has passed the Walsh on speed dial. Because <laughs> we're both submitted under God, but this increases commitment. So when we argue, you know what she says? I'm going to call Pastor Walsh. You know what that does? What did you say? <laughs> well, let's, let's think about this for a moment. <laughs> it makes me reassess Everything that I've said to make sure I'm in the right before we escalate the matter. Right? But most of the time, we don't need to escalate because I know. And most of the time, I just end up saying sorry. As I mentioned, I always let her win. Wisdom. See, commitment from a place of love and conviction not out of compliance and resentment. Right? I'm not saying just that, that you, you submit just out of compliance and, and, and secretly in, uh, resent the person. Right? Because that's what some people do. Yes, pastor. Yes, pastor. But inside, it's like, oh, how dare he say that? What? How dare him? How dare that? How dare this? How dare this? And this can operate in, in marriages. Right? Compliance, just to keep the peace, but inside, you're resenting So thirdly, this improves character. Accountability improves character. Now, I have to tell couples, you know, you know, those that are dating and everything else, it's like, you know what, you have to operate in the light, right? Which means do it under the covering of headship, right? Don't operate in darkness, out of the light, right? Because, you know, weird things grow in the dark. Bad things happen in the dark, now, years ago in, in Fairfield, in the West Street building, the one before this one, uh, I, I became outreach director in that building. And I remember there, uh, you know, uh, we had an explosion of revival uh, in the Smart Street building before we moved to that building. 
and we had a bunch of young people getting saved or mates getting saved and people getting saved. You know, it was just a great excitement, move of God, brotherhood, a sense of sisterhood. I not mean brotherhood. We're still praying for a whole bunch of girls to get, for those to get married. But anyway, they came in, glory to God. And, uh, you know, I remember at the back there, I actually took over uh, Ross starting, off, uh, starting up the, um, the, 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 uh, the concert scene. And then uh, in, in, you know, in, a, in that conference, I, I, began, uh, I, I stepped into the outreach director role, to, you know, taking care of all these things. And I remember grabbing the, a few of the boys, and some of you here, you remember this, others, uh, most of them are all out uh, pastoring today. Uh, but uh, they came together, and I remember at the back of church, and I said, boys, you know what? Uh, I don't know if I can, you know, I believe God's going to help us. There was no competition. There was no sense of, uh, you know, uh, you better, I'm better. You, uh, it was actually unity. And I said to the boys, hey, we need to keep each other accountable. And we began to pray. We prayed for each other. And so when one guy was in that church, it was like, hey, bro, what are you doing? What's up with you? Right? We made a commitment. We're going to be in church. Right? We're not going to let anything overtake God in priority. So what's the go? What's going on? Oh, things are going. All right, let's, all right no worries, man. Let's, uh, we'll see you after. We'll come pray for you. Right? And then flock of them come, and we'll begin to pray for each other. There was a sense of unity, love, and excitement. Ah, oh, man, I had a picture to show. I totally forgot it. It was a picture of us all downstairs. I don't even know where my phone is. And it was a picture of all the OGs, man. Downstairs, and a smart street building there. Um, does anyone know which photo I'm talking about? Joe, I think I've sent it to you. Maybe go to the back, give it to um, Blake in your, in your, your message. Oh, you haven't got your phone either. All right. That's what happens when you juggle me so many balls. Amen. So let's close this morning with uh, divine counsel. See, we all need to hear from God. The call here for you and I is to hear from God. And listen, the heavens aren't going to open and his voice aren't going to come out. My son, this is your father in heaven. I've called you to be committed three times a week. He's not going to say that. Right? I wonder if I'm going to, this is my church. I wonder if it's, uh, I need a tithe. I wonder. God's already spoken. Right? He's not going to open up the heavens. He's going to come out, hey, I mean what I said. I've already spoken. Thus says the Lord. What are you going to do with that? God is not going to speak to us like he spoke to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I thank God for that lineage because he's about heritage. It's not about just you, Abraham. It's all about just you. No, no. It's about your children and your grandson and the, those who would come after, which is you and I. God's plan for his will and counsel to be known to this world has come through his church. Because we are real people have real problems, that what? Serve a, a real God. 
Ephesians 4.11, as I begin to close, he says, As he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and to the knowledge of, our son, of the Son of God, to the perfect man, to the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ. Three things here I'm going to quickly close here this morning. Right, This is the challenge for you to initiate an opening of accountability and have an accountability partner. Right, We're going to, I'm going to about to announce uh, some Bible study leaders. Uh, and there are several things for you to, in order to, to be accountable. Number one is you have to learn how to trust. Right, if you won't learn how to trust, then you can't be trusted. Right, you need to learn how to trust people. Otherwise, no one can trust you. And that's just the reality of it, right? Only your chosen, right? Where God says, no, no, no. What's the use of loving those that love you? Right? It's very hard to give someone advice, the advice that you're not willing to take yourself, right? That's very difficult. It's very difficult to listen to someone's advice that they're not doing it themselves. Number two is you have to live with a growth mindset, that says that I want to get better and I need to get better, right? This is the spirit that says I can learn more and be more and not even stop. Don't stop where you're at. Don't settle for the status quo. Go deeper in the word of God. Go deeper in prayer, deeper in discipleship. Thirdly is the love, the brethren, right? That's just simply, listen, be a friend. <laughs> just be friendly. Can, can you be friendly? Proverbs 18, 24, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. We just come out of conference. I'm going to refresh uh, the connect groups and, and we're going to pray for them this morning.